Welcome to the Be The Change podcast, a global volunteers production where we will explore people traveling, volunteering, and living outside their comfort zones. I'm so glad you came back to join me today on the Be The Change podcast. I'm Ruth Curran, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking to volunteers about their standout moments, those moments that stuck in their heads and stayed in their heart. You'll hear stories from all over the world today. These stories really captured my interest, and I really hope they'll capture yours as well. Our first story today is from Jeff. Jeff came to Global Volunteers a couple of years ago at a time in his life when he was looking to find some meaning and some purpose and decided that a volunteer trip, a service program, might be what he needed. And it turned out that it was. Jeff now leads service programs for Global Volunteers. The standout moment that Jeff talked about, the one that just doesn't get out of his head, happened on a recent trip to Cuba one where he was the team leader. I do remember one of those uh, very meaningful experiences, and it happened just on this last trip to Cuba in early March. Uh, Our community host, our community partner, is a Baptist pastor by the name of Eduardo Gonzalez. And Eduardo was introducing himself, introducing Ciego de Avila, introducing the work projects to the team of global volunteers. And he made a statement that has stuck with me ever since he said it. And it meant so much to all of our team members during the course of our experience in Ciego de Avila. He said, the work projects are just an excuse so that we can make friends. And I think everyone on that team of global volunteers, including myself as the team leader, bought into the idea that sure, we had to get up every morning and go work in a community garden or a sewing workshop or teaching conversational English to adults. But what was really important is we were making friends. And those friendships are something we bring home with us, something that will always be with us something that will be terribly important if we go back again, because we'll have friends in these, these parts of the world that uh, would have never thought to have had friends before. So that, that has stuck with me and that it was very much a motivation for uh, the work that we do in Cuba and Italy and Montana with the Blackfeet Indians, wherever it may be in the 17 countries around the world that Global Volunteers is active. I just love it when people tell me the stories about moments that made such a big impact on them that they really know they're going to remember them for the rest of their lives. This next story is one of those stories. I was talking to a woman named Lynn about her experience as a volunteer. On her service program, she was teaching conversational English to a group of young men, and there was this one particular young man who was struggling a little bit. Didn't feel like he was accomplishing all that much, so... He did something a little different. Let's let Lynn tell you that story. I did. On that first trip, there was a young man in the evening class 
that I worked with, his name was John, and he was from a, um, a village and he was struggling with English tremendously. And I felt bad for him. And later I found out that he uh, had some learning, minor learning disability. And that's, of course, it was 10 times more difficult for him to learn another language. And so I tried to pay a little more attention to him. And one night he said to me, um, I want to bring in my mandolin to play. And I think it was because he wanted me to see something that he was good at. So I said, yeah, I asked the teacher, you know, and she said that would be fine. And one night he and a friend uh, brought in a Greek bouzouki and a mandolin and they entertained. And it was, all I can say is when I left that night, I was in tears. He was so happy to show me something uh, good that he had done, that he was at something that he was talented at and, and successful at. And that was my defining moment. And I knew that night that I would come back. Those standout moments happen at any time. And sometimes they happen when one volunteer is just observing another volunteer interacting with somebody on a work site. It's exactly what happened in this next story. The woman who tells this story's name is Eben. She's been a volunteer with Global Volunteers for many years and has gone back to the same orphanage in Romania multiple times. It's now part of her heart. Story that she told me was about watching a young woman volunteer working with one of the children at the orphanage. Listen in as she tells this amazing story about what happened and how she will never forget this moment. Uh, I was on one team and there was a young woman who was just, I think, graduating college or had just graduated college. And she uh, had experience working with children with autism. And lo and behold, we had a little boy, Luca, who was um, in our care and he had autism and I'd worked with him before. So I kind of knew some of his you know, proclivities and, you know, he'd do the head banging or the staring or, you know, whatever. And I just watched him blossom with her. And by the end of the two weeks, uh, he was eating with a spoon. Um, he was able to do things he hadn't been able to do before. And you don't normally see that something that dramatic, but she just had those little techniques that she knew what to do. And I was watching her as much as I was watching him because I was learning from her. And on subsequent trips, I actually have used some of the things that she really taught me, taught other volunteers um, that, that I think are, are little good tips and tricks. So uh, I'm, you know, I learned something, Luca learned something. It was a very, very special, special time. Our final story today comes from someone you've heard from before. Her name is Lisa. She's the Dean of the Environment at the University of Washington. Lisa and her daughter, Maya, went to Tanzania last summer. While they were there, Lisa had the opportunity to teach a climate change class at the University of Orenga. Climate change happens to be Lisa's area of expertise and what she's devoted her life to. So she was really excited to have this opportunity to speak to students and engage with them and find out their perspective about what's happening to the earth. Lisa described how those conversations went and how they came on this one thing, a language barrier. The students spoke English very well. That wasn't the issue. What they found is that sometimes scientific terms don't translate well. 
and it's difficult to communicate them cross-culturally. What they ended up with was an English Swahili dictionary that took terms and defined them and gave them a common vocabulary, ways that they could talk about the same things and share those ideas. Listen in as Lisa talks about how that came to be and how they decided what was going in and what wasn't. The process is fascinating. This was, this was part of the need to just really pay attention to what was going on in the classroom. So um, my students spoke English very well, but there would be times when we would be talking about a concept that was kind of difficult and they would switch into Swahili to talk with each other. And I would notice a kind of furrowed brow, sort of questioning look, and they would be going back and forth. And my sense was that some of what was going on was how do we understand this concept that we can talk about in English, but then talk about it in Swahili. And I realized for these students to take this knowledge into their world, they had to be able to, to talk, to speak in Swahili. The, the concepts had to have a crosswalk. And it's kind of funny just even thinking about like a fundamental concept like the greenhouse effect, you know, the, the, the scientific we name, name we give to the fact that carbon dioxide and natural causes warms the planet, much like a greenhouse does. Well, there's no greenhouses in a place where you're not trying to keep plants warm. And so, and a blanket around the earth really isn't a greenhouse because it doesn't let in incoming shortwave radiation, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, like, like just this fundamental word, greenhouse effect, like it, it means nothing. You know, there's no Swahili translation. Um, and this was, once again, something that we did very much together we would keep a running list of where were those English words where getting the Swahili translation right was challenging and very, very important. And it was a really fun part of teaching because the way we would do it then is we'd identify these words and we'd break into small groups. And it was a little bit like some of those cheesy TV um, you know, talent competitions where different teams would put their translation up for, you know, applause from the classroom to decide which one was the best translation. And they would, you know, in this, this fun process, agree which one was the, the correct translation. And we would, um, we would capture it. A little side note on that. One of the things in the U.S. that we wrap get wrapped around the axle about is climate change versus climate variability. This is the whole thing like, oh my gosh, it was, you know, cold in New York last winter. So, you know, surely climate change isn't happening. Well, no, that's because that's climate variability, etc. cetera. Um, in Swahili, climate change and climate variability, for some reason or another, are incredibly easy to distinguish. And I think it goes back to this notion that there is a lot of understanding of the distinction between short-term phenomena and the long sweep of history. And that that was, for whatever reason, this concept that we argue about all the time was like nothing. You know, it was like a piece of cake in Swahili. So 
I think there's something for us to learn from that. It's perspective too. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for tuning in to the Be The Change podcast and listening in on these stories about big standout moments. In our next episode, we'll be talking to people about how participating in a service program is really quite different than any other kind of travel on one big level. You get that deep dive into a culture, actually get a taste of what it feels like to be a part of a community. Here's a preview of one of those stories that just touched my heart. One of the assignments that we had when we weren't at the school with the students was packaging clothing that the Greeks had donated for the Syrian refugees. That was very inspiring to me because, again, these people don't have much themselves, but yet they're, you know, they feel bad for their neighbors and these people that have to leave because of war. To learn more about anyone featured in today's podcast, go to bethechange.blog and select episode number three. To learn more about participating in a global volunteer service program, go to www.globalvolunteers.org. See you next time.